Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom. This is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. Welcome to the seventh episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and liberation through the lens of Rav Cook's commentaries on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. So as we're moving through the fifth siman, the fifth step sign of Magid, the telling, the narrative, we arrive at a place shortly after following the mentioning of the four sons, where we read as follows. Baruch Shomea Havtachato Yisrael. Blessed is he who keeps his promise to Israel. Baruch Hu. Blessed is he. Shehakodesh Baruch Hu Chishev Etaketz. For the Holy One, blessed is he, computed the end, La'asot, to do. Kamash Amala Avraham Avinu, as he said to Avram, our father, at the covenant between the parts, at the Brit Ben Habitarim. Shene'ama, for it is said, Riyamela Avram Yadua Teida. It's important to note this was said in Bereshit in Genesis, even before. Avraham's name was changed to Avraham. He was still Avram. So Hashem says to him, says to Avram, Surely know that your seed shall be a stranger. In a land that's not theirs. And not only will they be a stranger in the land which is not theirs, they shall be enslaved by those people and they will be oppressed for 400 years. But also know that the nation to whom they serve, I will judge. And afterwards, they shall go out. And how shall they go out? The Pasuk, the verse ends by saying, with great wealth. I ask you, before we move into Rav Cook's commentary, what do you feel? What is it? What is your immediate reaction? When being reminded that we were told that, yes, as the generations following Avraham, Avinu, we would be a stranger in a strange land. We would be enslaved to these people. We would be oppressed by them. And that nation will be judged. And afterwards, we shall go out. Adkan, Dayenu, wouldn't have that been enough? 
What is the importance of adding with great wealth? How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? That Avraham, even before he was Avraham, when he was Avram, he was already told, your future generations, your family will become wealthy. So thinking about that, let's move further now into the teaching. There's a pasuk in Exodus 11.2, Yud Aleph in Shemot, Yud Aleph Bet. Daber na ha'am. Please, God is uh, speaking to, to Moshe here. <laughs> Speak, and Moshe is speaking to the nation. Daber na ha'am. Speak, please, in the ears of the people. And let them ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor, vessels of silver and vessels of gold. Rav Cook begins the commentary on this verse. Please speak. God is saying, please. No. By bringing down a teaching from the Beit Midrash of Rav Yanai. Yanai, Rav Yanai was a third century CE Amorah in Eretz Yisrael. It was said in the Beit Midrash of Rabbi Yanai, Na, please, can only be an expression of request, not command. The Holy One said to Moshe, Please, go say to them, please ask of the Egyptians vessels of silver and gold, so that the righteous man, so Avraham, will not say, metaphorically, of course, he's, Avraham is not alive to say this, but to imagine that Avraham, so he would not say that, quote, he fulfilled in them that they shall enslave and oppress them. That was from Genesis 15. 13, that he fulfilled. But he, meaning God, did not fulfill in them, and afterwards they shall go out with great wealth. So they, the Bnei Yisrael, said, if we would only go out with our persons, they were not, they were not seeking wealth. This may be compared to a man who is locked in prison. And people say to him, tomorrow they will release you from prison and give you much money. He says to them, please get me out immediately. I do not ask for anything more than that. And that's in the Talmud Brachot 9a, page 9, side a. It's very metaphoric here. Why is God telling Moshe to please request rather than command? So now Rav Cook teaches the following. The divine intention of the Jews leaving with great wealth was to uplift the spirit of the people, which as a result of years of slavery had been humbled and no longer set its sights on great goals. 
Therefore, it was appropriate. This was the divine intention. It was appropriate to accustom the soul to want great material things so that eventually it would come to want great spiritual attainments as well. Now, in order to bring out the point that the end goal was not to aspire to the love of silver and gold, the thought was not communicated in the usual form of a mitzvah, of a command, of a tzivui, but rather as a polite request. Their downtrodden spirit would be uplifted by seeing themselves bearing wealth, while on the other hand, they would know that this is not the end, but rather the means to an end. If it were truly an end, it would have been expressed as a command. But instead, this was communicated to Moshe as a request. And that's how he would communicate it to the Bnei Yisrael as a request. The reason Avraham would make this remark is because his entire purpose in life was to establish a nation aware of God who would proclaim his great name in the world, just as he, Avraham, had while he lived. And Avraham did achieve the acquisition of great wealth. So if, our, if his descendants had not left Egypt of great wealth, he would have made this remark that God, you fulfilled one part, but you haven't fulfilled the other part. Why? Because Avraham knew that to influence many nations, there is required greatness of soul, but also the aspiration to material wealth. For it is through trade that peoples come close to and learn from one another. Thus, through Israel's pursuit of wealth, provided the trading is fair and just, of course, there results the desired goal of God's light shining into the world. If Israel would have trained their sights on humbler goals, if they had been satisfied being shepherds and farmers who do not interact with the global market, then how would the light of God spread through the world? How would Yeshiyahu's mandate to be an orlogoyim, a light to the nations, be fulfilled? So Avraham, with his higher agenda, with his higher agenda, requests that his descendants, after having undergone the lesson in humility provided by the smeltery of Egypt, become accustomed now to the global social interaction that will come about as a result of their desire to accumulate wealth. The comparison above is most apt, quotes teaches Rav Crook. Israel are compared to prisoners, incapable of imagining a fortune greater than their release from prison. So they had to be goaded, they had to be convinced, they had to be gently invited to ask for more. There is a famous Yiddish story by I period L period Peretz, Isaac Yitzchak Lei Peretz, who lived from 1852 through 1915 in Warsaw. He was a Yiddish language author and playwright concerning a character by the name of Bancha Schweg, Bancha the Silent. 
The poor man suffers innumerable humiliations in silence. Finally, Bancha dies. As he was an incredibly righteous man, the ministering angels came out to greet him. They usher him into the celestial court. The question is put to him by the court, Banche, in reward for your many good deeds, what do you desire? Answers Banche meekly, a hot roll with butter. I hope the point is made. I hope Rav Cook's teaching on the necessity on, he, he, he's giving us permission in essence that if God is telling Avraham, we will go out with Rechush Gadol, see yourselves as acquiring a Rechush Gadol, abundant wealth, whatever that may mean to you, but never, never be satisfied for a mere hot roll with butter. We were created, and I would like to suggest, we were created to be in Orla Goyim, a light unto the nations. And Rav Cook's understanding that he understood Avraham, Avinu, we're going back 4,000 years, to already know that to fulfill this mandate as he was, to go out into the world, to negotiate, to trade, to engage, to talk, to be in dialogue, so we can then be this Orla Goyim, we need to do it from a place of wealth. Whatever that may mean, is a very relative term. But really, and I bless all of us that we consider this and take it to heart to cultivate the space of abundance rather than the space of scarcity. That in of itself is a Yitziat Mitzrayim, an exodus from Egypt and becoming liberated and free. Thank you. Thank you all to for listening today. And I look forward to sharing episode eight, the eighth episode tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, with all of you. Kotuv Litoot, Shalom, Shalom. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.